how are the traditional titans of print journalism adapting to the brave new world of online news? At this crucial turning point in the history of media, Mike Sheehan, the former CEO of the Boston Globe and Hill Holiday, is ready to apply the lessons of the past to the challenges of the future. Mike's belief that world-class journalism can attract a sizable, premium audience is validated by the Globe's digital subscription numbers. The Globe has the most paid digital readers of any major metro daily in America. And during Mike's tenure, the Globe newsroom and editorial pages were awarded four Pulitzer Prizes. Prior to being named CEO of the Globe, Mike worked for 20 years at Hill Holiday, where he served as executive creative director, president, CEO, and chairman. In that period, he led the agency's transition from a traditional advertising agency to a digitally focused communications firm. Every 5, 10, 15 minutes, and it's, it's, it's updated. So I think speed is, is really important. I mean, really, if, if, you, if you leave here tonight and you go online, you've got tomorrow's paper tonight. Uh, and I think that's, I love that. Beyond his professional pursuits, Sheehan also took a lead role in creating One Fund Boston, which supports victims of the Boston Marathon bombing. The fund has already raised over $81 million, which has directly benefited over 250 survivors. At an Ivy Ideas Night in Boston, Mike shared stories and insights from his days leading one of the most prolific news outlets in the nation and predicted what lies ahead for both traditional and digital publishers and how that might impact media producers in every industry. Please enjoy our conversation with Mike Sheehan. You're listening to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life. And our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us at membership at ivy.com. print has proved to be so enduring uh boy that's a it, it's a great question and it's so um it's so prevalent it's, it's such an important part of the business um i think that there are very few um uh, parts of people's lives that are as habitual and traditional uh and uh, you know part of, <coughs> you know just deeply ingrained part of their life uh, than journalism is and I think that uh, to, to many, many people, uh, the print product is how they consume journalism. It is, there's no substitute for it. And these, these are people who are completely computer literate. They're not, you know, they have computers, they know how to use them. They get the digital product. Um, but there, there isn't, even to this day, and I'm, I'm not even at the Globe anymore, I, I meet three or four people every day who say to me, I know I'm a dinosaur, but... And I said, yeah, you're a dinosaur, but you're one of like 380,000 on Sunday dinosaurs. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not one of them. I, I've, been, I've been a real uh, digital, uh, yeah, I worked in advertising for, for a long, long time. Uh, I've consumed the globe digitally. Uh, it's only when I became CEO that I got home delivery again. 
because I, I really, I, I just, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't waste the paper. I, it would, it would usually, I used to subscribe to it, and I, I only because I thought I should pay for something. Um, so I would subscribe just to get it. I would take it, and I would pile up, and then put it in recycling, and it would go out. It would, it would stay in the bag. I wouldn't even leave the bag. Um, and I, I just think that it's, it's, it's part of people's ritual, and I, I don't think you can break that very easily. It's, um, I mean, we have all the research in the world that uh, demonstrates, you know, why and how. I think it's really important because to an advertiser, a, a print, you know, Jack Welch has the great, uh, great quote that it's tough to, to substitute uh, print dollars for digital dimes, which is, which is the truth when it comes to, uh, to digital advertising. It just doesn't have the anywhere near the value of print advertising. But over time, it's changed. I mean, you think of what the globe used to be for advertising. It used to be, mm -hmm. you know, Verizon, Sprint, you know, Macy's, um, well, you know, all the retailers, and then with all the consolidation, and then last year, you know, Macy's cut about 65% of the print budget across the country. Every newspaper uh, across the board. Uh, and so, uh, so newspapers over time have become more local advertisers mm. versus national advertisers. Um, and people have had to pay a lot more for it. I mean, I think when we were growing up, Dan, it was probably, what, the globe, 50 cents? Oh, something like that. 50 yeah. cents? Yeah. You know, and now it's at $750 a year for home delivery. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's, and I, you say that you say that's a lot of money, but can anyone tell me what the per capita spending is in Massachusetts for the lottery? <laughs> Man, woman, child, it's eight hundred and sixty dollars a year. The Globe is the biggest bargain on the face of the earth <laughs> compared to lottery. Well, you know, but if you play lottery, you're going to become a billionaire. So you, I guess that, that's, that's what... I've told you this before. The lottery's an investment. It's an investment. It's an investment. <laughs> it's, a it's a retirement plan. We've talked about that, Dan. Uh, so, you know, and, or, or if you want to get a cup of coffee a day, right? It, it's, it's, that's, that's 700. A cup of coffee, it's two bucks a day. That's $700. Yeah. So it's really expensive, but it's, you know, it's, it's an incredibly complex... <clears throat> an expensive product to produce. I always say it starts on one end as a tree, and it ends up being thrown out of a 1994 Toyota Tercel, driven by an undocumented immigrant, at five o'clock in the morning, going 30 miles an hour on the cul-de-sac. That is an incredibly complex and expensive product to produce. And so you sit there and wish that you know the, the day would come when everyone would just we're, we're talking about you know, call, I still can't believe that college newspapers still print on paper, uh, but they do, and uh, uh, but print is uh, you know the, the 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 philosophy that I always had was that you know the idea is to elongate print as long as possible because print advertising is more valuable than digital advertising, and you want to give you want to give the readers in the form that they want to read it in you don't want to take it away from them. And then eventually turn them over to digital, and you'll have a, uh, yep. a viable business. Uh, you, you know, when you you talk about even younger, digitally savvy people like print, one of the things that surprised me was a little over a year ago. Some of you may know that the Globe tried to change their home delivery vendor, and it didn't go well. And I noticed that a lot of people I know on Twitter, much younger than I am. Almost everybody's much younger than I am. Um, were complaining on Twitter that they couldn't get their print globe. So these are people who were uh, perfectly capable of getting it online, and they didn't want to. They just it, it doesn't. It, 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 we get all we hear that all the time from people. 
You hear from a 25-year-old, I like, I like the feeling of print in my hand. And so, you know, that's a great, you don't want to complain about that. It's great. They like to, you know, they, they care about the community and they, uh, enough to read, to read quality journalism. They're willing to pay for it. You know, we, we have to give it to them as long as it's, uh, as long as it's feasible. So let's move past the nostalgia trip yeah. down print lane. Um, you've told me before, and you just said again, that you do most of your globe reading online. Um, so do I. What do you think a digital reader of the globe is getting that is of added value compared to a print reader? I, well, I think uh, if you're a digital reader of the globe, you get it's updated. It could be every five minutes. Uh, you, you can log on, uh, you, or you can you can check with, you can check with it every every five, ten, fifteen minutes, and it's 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 updated. So I think speed is is really important. I mean, really, if, if you if you leave here tonight and you go online, you've got tomorrow's paper tonight, uh, and I think that's I love that, you know. And so I'll do it at night, and then I'll get on at four in the morning, uh, and I so I think speed updated. Um, uh, I, I think it's a little different than print, and I think. With print, what you get pick up at the newsstand or you get delivered to your house, I think is um, uh, you get to see an editor's touch. You get to see an editor's uh, an editor or a series of editors have um, prioritized that which they think is the most important. You don't always get that in digital because it's rotating. So that's why I always, you know, I, I, I go down, I have, a, I have a repertoire in the morning, I get up, I go down, it's about 4, 4.35 in the morning, I have a 27-inch screen, I'll read it, the browser version, and then I'll read the digital replica, which is the newspaper, which you can, you can, you can go, if you're a subscriber, you go on, you look at it, because that tells me what, you know, Brian McGrory, the editor of the paper, has determined that which is the most important for me. And I think that is a difference between journalism and, and news that um, uh, a series of editors and an editor, you know, an editor-in-chief has, uh, has, has it t tells you what they think is most important. They have a point of view, and I think that is really, really important um, that uh, to, and over time you get to, because I, 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 I don't think people really know what's the most important thing to look at these days. And I think, so that's why I think print's still important. Yep. I've noticed that the Globe has recently been increasing the amount of uh, journalism that they do that's online only, that will never appear in print. Yep. Uh, one of the things they do that I like, because you know there are days that I just can't bring myself to read five or six stories about President Trump, yes. uh, but they've got this nice Trump Today feature, and yep. you can just kind of page through it yeah. and say... <laughs> This is about this is about as much as I can handle. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes with, it comes with a cyanide pill at the end of it. Um, <laughs> you can order that online. Um, it, it is, uh, but it, it, it you know all, uh, many of the stories have two versions. There's the online version, which is longer, uh, and a print version, which is you know is shorter. And I think that's uh, that's that's. That, that's why I, that the ideal thing, I'm, I'm, I'm shilling for a company I don't work for anymore, but that's why I think the, um, you know, the digital subscription is great and the print plus digital is, is really good as well because I think it's, uh, I think now more than ever. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how digital subscriptions since uh, the president was elected uh, have, have really, they've really accelerated and they're growing. Uh, New York Times, not just the Globe, New York Times, many newspapers. 
because I think it's it's a way. I think it's kind of healthy because it's a bit of a wake up call that people say, you know, this stuff matters now, right? I think I think you know, as a country, we, we kind of became fat, dumb, and happy um, over a long period of time, and now it's uh, you know, you got to pay attention, or else this stuff, uh, you know, it's it's important. It matters. I have, I have a ten year old and eight year old. I'm you know. I, I view the world differently than I did, uh, you know, 11 years ago. This stuff's really important now, and it matters. And so I think it's, uh, uh, you know, to have to have a newsroom of 240 people who are really hardworking and and have uh, sources that have been cultivated over years, or if not decades, uh, and are, are all great writers. None of them; they're all terrific writers. And to have editors behind them and copy editors. Uh, we don't have as many copy editors before. We, you know, people always said, you know, we, we, I think we used to have like 30 or 40 copy editors. We don't have as many. And people say, what do you replace them with? And the answer is simple. It's typos. Um, uh, but, but in digital, it, 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 you know, you, 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 yeah, I'll see headlines that are, uh, are wrong, but they get fixed. Uh, someone will note it and it gets fixed. And that's, that's the world. It, you, you live in a different world now. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, the, the facts are right, uh, but the, uh, uh, you know, getting it perfect every single time is you can't afford to do that anymore. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation in the newspaper business for some time now that papers like The Globe will move toward weekend-only print and just digital the rest of the week. Um, it seems like a natural, and yet nobody's really taken the plunge. Uh, do you think that that's a winning strategy? Um, not as long as the you know, print advert. I, 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 eventually, I think we'll, you know, I think we'll be there, Dan. I, I, I really do. I, I, but I think it may be a long time because I think advertisers. There are still local advertisers and in, in national advertisers that want to reach people on a Monday and a Tuesday. There isn't, you know, I, I, I would talk to advertisers about this all the time. As a media vehicle, still reaching two hundred thousand people on a Monday. With the average household income of $120,000 a year, there's nothing else like that in the market. There's nothing that comes close to that in the market. Um, you know, how many people might watch a TV? 11 o'clock newscast might be 15,000. There's 200,000 on a Monday, and and you reach a really high-end market. It's it's not mass media anymore. It's a little more niche, um, but I think that it there's no substitute for that. Um, when the costs to do it outweigh the ability, I think you'll eventually see. My prediction is at some point in our lifetime, uh, you may not see a, you'll see a combined weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe not a Monday. Then maybe not a Tuesday. Uh, but I think you'll see Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday uh, for a long, long time. Well, you make a good point because we often hear people in my field, the prognosticators, saying that, well, newspapers should just dump the print edition, take the plunge, and go all digital. And Oh, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> you saw what happened with home delivery. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it, seem, it would seem to me that the minute that it costs more than the revenue it's bringing in, right. you will do that. But as long as you're making money, why would you do such a thing? It's, um, and I think you want to get... I also think, you know, I, I have a theory, I could be dead wrong about this, about the print edition. Um, that when you produce a print product, you have instant credibility as a journalistic outlet that you don't have if you're digital only. 
Um, and I, 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 I was, I liken it to having a storefront mm. that J. Crew would love to be able to sell clothes only on the internet, but they got to have stores because you got to go in and touch it. And I think that gives journalistic credibility of having the print product. You know, the, the New York Times every day, and you know, you, you have to do it um, uh, at least for now. But uh, the Globe is really fortunate to have. Uh, I think it was in 2011. Um, Every newspaper made a brutal, brutal mistake between 95 and about 2010, and they gave away the product for free. All right, they bought into a premise that eyeballs were everything, and if you've got enough eyeballs, digital advertising would support it. Digital advertising will never support that. It, 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 it doesn't have the value to an advertiser, and I spent 30 years in advertising. Digital advertising doesn't have the value <coughs> to an advertiser that print advertising does. And that was a, that was a, Fatal mistake for a lot of newspapers. It was a um, it was a dreadful mistake for everyone else to give it, to give away quality journalism without charging for it. I mean, I used to call you know Brian McGorry. I've known forever. I'd, I'd call him up. I say, I read your column online. I didn't pay for it. I mean, I, I spent thirty years in advertising. We charged for everything. We charged for copies. We charged for we charged for phone calls. You know, we had a billing code for every single thing we did, um, and uh, you know everything I wrote was, was crap. that we charged we charged you know five hundred bucks an hour for the crap I wrote. Um, but uh, once you give it away, then it's going to take years, if not decades, to get that back. But I think that's why, with with President Trump, you have people saying, "Wow, I got This is worth it." It's worth it, right? If uh, if a, if a cup of coffee is two bucks, the globe's worth a buck a day. I would argue the globe. If a cup of coffee is two bucks, the globe's worth five bucks a day. And I hope we, I, I hope the globe gets there, because it is. Uh, it's it's you know if you if you care about your community, um, you need. You know, Dan and I were talking about this be, before you came in. And after I graduated from college, I I, I ran for office in my my hometown <coughs> of Weymouth, and. Uh, uh, I was elected to the Board of Public Works, and I was chairman of the Board of Public Works. And we had a we had a uh, if monthly or meeting every other week. There wasn't a meeting that I had that wasn't a newspaper reporter sitting there with a notepad taking notes. And if that didn't affect how I behaved, what I said, uh, on my toes, uh, you know, it, it's 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 it, it's deeply deeply important for, for for civic discourse to have reporters in the room. There are no reporters. There hasn't been a reporter at a Weymouth meeting in in five years. Uh, you know, it, it's all hell's breaking loose out there. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is. It, it just is because you you don't have the accountability uh, that you used to have. With uh, they, they were young people. Uh, many of them, you know, they would sit there across from me when I was on the board, and now they're at the Globe, and I'd yell at them for what they wrote about me back in 1982. But I'm Irish. I you know I carry a grudge. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that's that's what we're missing now, and, and you have to convince people that it's worth it because I think it's uh, uh, it is we you know we live. I was I was talking about how my, you know my father was a World War II veteran, and he came back from uh, came back from the war, and you know and then he, he had a family, and he kind of taught us to uh, to really to you know we, we we read the newspaper, we talked about the newspaper. It was really important. Um, you know I, I you know how many of you here know the name of your state rep? Right? Okay. I gotta be honest with you. 
I knew I was going to ask that question because I don't know the name of my state rep. <laughs> All right? Um, I live in Norwell. I've got two kids. I don't know the name of one of my selectmen, and I had to go online yesterday to find out the name of my state rep, and he's been in office for like five years. And so you think about how, you know, to my point of we've become a little, you know, a little complacent, a little fat, dumb, and happy. And that's why I think, uh, I think we're on the cusp of, you know, what could be really good for journalism. Okay. Um, we're going to get through like three questions here, Dan. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure the audience has some great questions, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get a few more in ourselves first. Uh, during your time at the Globe, as you mentioned, the Globe embarked on a strategy of charging a dollar a day for digital yep. subscriptions. Um, a dollar a day might not sound like much, and you explain why it doesn't sound like much. But it's more than just about any other newspaper's charging. Much more. More than the New York Times and the Washington Post. Could you explain the thinking behind the strategy to charge that much and talk a little bit about whether it's been successful or not? Oh, I think it's been, you know, I, it, the, the, the strategy was that, that was that was really led by uh, John Henry. Uh, and I think part of it was, uh, you know, he, he looked at, the, at, at, at what it costs to produce quality journalism. Uh, and you can't charge, you know, ten cents a day, or you know, or, or nineteen cents a day. Uh, that's silly, you know. And I think he's, you know, demonstrated with the, with the Red Sox and Liverpool that you know people will pay premium for a premium product. Um, and uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, John really pushed that. And uh, <coughs> you know, some of us were scared about losing subscribers, and we, I think, we raised it from. 49 cents a day to a dollar a day it was it was, seems like it was around 14 bucks a month yeah and it went up yeah we, we doubled it overnight we didn't hear a sound mm. there wasn't a it was it was like this <laughs> to which John said as long as you've got their credit card account <laughs> once you got the credit card <laughs> it's a really simple business no but you know what this was a value this people uh, you know, and of course, you know, I'm sure John said, well, we should have gone to $2. Um, uh, but I think that it, you know, it was a real uh, demonstration. To, I think I did nothing in my three years of the Globe demonstrated that people appreciate the value of quality journalism more than that price hike. Um, because uh, they're, uh, and, and don't forget, half, half of our digital traffic, more than half our digital traffic is from outside the Boston DMA. All right? It's national, it's international. Um, and uh, so it just shows you how important it is to, for people. A lot of that is uh, their expats who've moved away. I mean, a lot are maybe parents of kids who go to school here. Sports absolutely plays a huge part in that, right? Because we, we're very fortunate to have, to have four sports teams that are all national brands. Uh, we, we can't discount that. And in, in, in probably the best sports page in the country, I would argue that it is. Uh, that, that's, that's really important. But it is, um, you know, Dan, Dan's question is really important because I, you know, Went up to a dollar a day, doubling, doubling the price. We're going to get killed. That's what it sounded like. People, people willing to pay it. So, stand by for more. Marty, <laughs> Marty Barron, who's the editor of the Washington Post, and he used to be the editor of the Globe, uh, liked to refer to the out-of-town readership for the Globe as the Red Sox diaspora. It is. It is. It's, sports is really important. Yep. Absolutely. Now. Um, the Globe's digital strategy is premised on an idea, and that is that people want an intelligently curated 
news product and are willing to pay for it. I sometimes wonder whether that's really true for anyone under 40. And it isn't that they want free, yeah. but they become so accustomed to getting their news from multiple sources that the idea that they're going to pay for one or two of them is just completely alien to them. You know, I think that's, uh, you know, there's definitely, you ramp up over over time, you know. And, and, and don't forget, we also had a property called Boston, we still have, you know, the Globe, I'm, I'm not there anymore, uh, but Boston.com, which we were our own, we were our own, we were our own best enemy. Because we had, we had Boston.com, which was free. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so I think uh, that was always a challenge that we were giving away new, uh, until April of 2014, we had Globe content on Boston.com. We were giving away free at the same time we're charging for the Globe. And so people just go on Boston.com, get it for free, why, why pay for it? And so in April of 2014, cut it off. You know, Globe journalism newsroom goes to the Globe. Boston.com is, is something different. And that was, that was and it's becoming even more, more and more like that. Um, uh, and and I, so I think there's, you know, the younger people will always look for free stuff because they're not used to paying for, for it. Um, I also think there is a, when I look at as you get older and you might uh, get married or you might have a family, that your community becomes more important to you. And I think that's when people start to click in. You know, ideally, Boston.com should be 18 to 30, 18 to 32, and Globe, when you pay, should be you know, 28 to the grave. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really skewing towards those last, those last 10 or 15 years. <laughs> when you're really not checking your credit card statements, because you can't find them. Um, we love those people. Um, <laughs> But that is, uh, that, that is that, that's, a, that, 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 that's, I think, where it's going in. Okay. Um, digital ad revenues overall continue growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. But nearly 100% of all new digital ad revenues are going to Facebook and Google. Yes. Yeah. Um, both of those services are dependent on news content to keep people on their sites. Yep. Is there a way of getting Facebook and Google to share their revenues with the producers of news? And if there is, what would that look like, do you think? I think it, it, it's really difficult because they don't need to do it now. Um, but, you know, without the New York Times, without the Globe, without the LA Times, you know, Washington Post, uh, they don't have a whole lot to talk about on Facebook in Google. Um, and so uh, I think ideally, um, They'll come to a point where they realize the importance of you know they should realize it now because they, the, the 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 people who own those sites tend to be pretty civically savvy uh, and realize the importance of journalism um, uh, and so I think there'll be a time when they'll they'll, they'll you know they'll there'll be some kind of partnership or uh, or hopefully revenue share uh, because it's uh, you know, the the point is is you know because if there isn't they won't have the content to drive the traffic to the sites. And now fake news has become a big issue. And I'm talking about the original meaning of fake news, the Macedonian content farms. <laughs> um, and uh, Google and Facebook both say they want to try to do something yeah. about it. Yeah. And it would seem to me that one of the ways that they can address fake news is to partner more closely with real news. I, 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 I would hope that that's an eventuality. 
Um, they're not the best at sharing, uh, you know, and because they don't have to be yet. Um, and I just hope that they, uh, there's some kind of realization there that, you know, without the Washington Post and the New York Times, the Globe, uh, you know, with people feeding the street, attending these meetings that I'm talking about, <coughs> cultivating sources, <coughs> boy, it's going to be a, it's going to be a grim world. And I, I, and I do think that the, the, the leaders of those companies are, are pretty, they're pretty savvy, and they realize the threat if, uh, if, if newspapers go away. Yeah, you know, in just a few months, it strikes me that Mark Zuckerberg has gone from absolutely denying that Facebook is a media company yeah. to unveiling this Facebook journalism project. Yep. And yep. it's not really clear what that's going to look like yet, but he does seem to be taking his responsibility as an important distributor of news the most important distributor of news, yes. more seriously than he was before. And if I'm not mistaken, Dan, you might know this. Didn't uh, uh, Craigslist, Craig, uh, didn't they start to sponsor journalism as well? Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist, uh, has been making a lot of donations for local journalism. Uh, I mean, just, just to get it straight, nothing killed, nothing hurt newspapers more than the loss of classified advertising because of Craigslist. Um, just put into perspective, and I, 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 I may not be perfectly right. Dan knows me with numbers. I'm a writer. Um, I round up around down. I'm, I'm close. Clo I'm close enough. Um, I think that in 2004, the Globe did about 180 million dollars in classified advertising, and uh, last year did about 14 million. So. This was, um, you've been to the Globe, you've seen the Boston.com space. There were people lined up with headsets on, uh, ticker board above them, how many people lined up on the phone calls, taking phone calls 24 hours a day. Uh, there was an old, uh, uh, an old um, uh, saying that uh, every time the drum, the printing drum spun at the Globe, it spat out a quarter, 25 cents in profit. 25 cents every single time. Uh, and that was uh, that was uh, uh, that was classified advertising. When I don't know if any remember what the help wanted section was like on Sundays. Uh, it was three million. Help wanted alone, I think, was three million a week on Sundays. It's fourteen million total classified today, and mo most of that is death notices. Which is the good news. The bad news is they're all subscribers. <laughs> Good news, bad news. <laughs> Classified ads used to account for 40% of the newspaper business's revenues, and now it's almost entirely gone. Like that. I saw uh, Arianna Huffington gave a speech a number of years ago, and she introduced herself by saying, people like to say I destroyed the newspaper business. It's not true. Craig Newmark helped me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it, Craigslist, I had a friend who worked there. I think Craigslist is 35 employees. Yeah, 30, to this day. 35 employees. The Globe is 1,100. <coughs> it's, it's a, you know, I mean, God bless. I mean, it's, you, you, you got to love the disruptors. But, boy, when they, nothing has disrupted. You always talk about other news outlets and, you know, nothing has disrupted newspapers more than uh, Craigslist did. Um. The Globe is opening a new printing plant in Taunton. How does that fit with an increasingly digital future? Um, 
I mean, it's, it, it seems you'd, you'd question why you have to understand a little bit, and I do understand a little bit, you know, the printing process. And when you look, uh, how many of you have driven by the Globe on Marcy Boulevard and you've seen the yellow, right, you've seen the yellow presses through the glass? That could be the most inefficient way of printing newspapers in the world. <laughs> but it could be, because as I explained, it used to spit out a quarter every time the drum. So efficiency was not part of, it didn't have to be. Because the, uh, and when, when, they were, when it was assembled that way, when it was put together that way, it, was, uh, it, was, it didn't matter, right? So it, it, it's a vertical printing. It, it, because, of the, because of the walls front and back, it goes up four floors. Right, you actually—it's a four-level printing, and it takes a ton of uh, you know human capital to move stuff around. And so we knew that if we stayed in that, in the, and we wanted to sell the building anyway, staying in that building—it's um, just an incredibly expensive way of printing newspapers. And by going to Taunton with as state-of-the-art printing presses as you can possibly buy today, they're not new because <coughs> you know no one's really making—that's not—it's not a great business. Newspaper printing presses. Um, uh, but you can buy, uh, they've come from all over the world, uh, five press lines uh, down in Taunton, and it's horizontal. Newsprint comes in one end, newspapers come out the other. Uh, and it's faster, it's higher quality, it is far more flexible, uh, it'll be the most efficient printing plant in New England, so ultimately there's a little bit of cross fingers that the Globe will be printing most newspapers uh, in New England. Um, it's Taunton, um, but don't, you know, so you say it's, it's not as centrally located as the Globe, but it's 35 minutes south and we tend to ship between midnight and, you know, and 3 a.m. Yeah. It really doesn't matter where you are because you, it, you, the, the trucks go, um, they're fine. We've all new trucks. They, they've come in over the past couple months, the Globe. So, um, uh, and ultimately it should save uh, r roughly $22 million a year uh, printing out of Taunton. And so uh, it, 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 the investment in Taunton should pay for itself in three years. Uh, so you, the only bet you have to place is that we're still printing newspapers in 36 months from now, and I think that, that, that's a pretty safe bet for the Globe. Yeah. Okay. And then, but also allows the sale of the uh, Morrissey Boulevard headquarters, which is um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's premium real estate. It's a great asset. It's a dinosaur of a building. It is depressing as hell. <laughs> I was, you walk in the front door, I've always felt like I strapped on a 25-pound weight vest and worked all day. It's just, you, you, it's getting the newsroom out of Dorchester. It's no man's land. It's, you know, eight lanes behind you, eight lanes in front of you. Um, you want to go to lunch, you got to go into a car. The cafeteria is fantastic. Um, but uh, being, getting the newsroom uh, into the financial district, will, I think, will be really energizing. Uh, and, um, and, and great, it'll, a different perspective than being in Dorchester. In the 1950s and 60s, um, newspaper after newspaper around the country moved out of their downtowns and built these hulking facilities on the edge of the city, mainly to serve the manufacturing process. And um, it really tended to cut off the journalists from the people they were covering. And uh, in many places, newspapers have moved back to the cities in recent years as they've gotten smaller. It's, and uh, yeah, I, there's, I don't think there's any substitute for you know <clears throat> for being in the city if you're a journalist. You know, we'll, we'll be two blocks of State House. 
I think Brian's office will look into the mayor's office. I love that. Um, it'll, 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 I, I think the line, put up a shade. The line, of, sure. the line of sight is right at City Hall. Um, I think that is. Uh, I'm not sure the mayor's so thrilled about that, but it's. Um, uh, I don't think there's any substitute because right now, right, you, you're working on something. You either get on the phone or your email, versus getting on foot and, and meeting someone somewhere. And I think that'll be fantastic. I, 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 I think you'll see. Uh, uh, a real spring in the step at the globe, and that and that should be you know uh, June of this year. Okay. What is one decision made by the Henry management of which of which you were a part that you wish you could take back? Oh, um, boy, we took a lot of chances. Um, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to live through the delivery thing again. But we learned a lot through that. Mm. Uh, it didn't really hurt us. It, it was it was painful for a couple of weeks, uh, but it didn't really long term. Uh, you know, we, we bounced back pretty quickly. Uh, we changed delivery We changed delivery vendors uh, last uh, end of December. End of De yeah, December twenty eighth, uh, roughly midnight. A year ago, <laughs> give or take. Um, uh, and it was. Uh, uh, for for a number of reasons, we couldn't have a transition because our previous vendor uh, was owned by the New York Times. So there was no, um, in their contract, there was no uh, transition clause because it didn't need to be because they're owned by the New York Times. So we had to do it. We had to you know, shut one off <coughs> and, and start with a new person overnight. And, uh, you know, and, and it just didn't go, it was in the winter. Uh, it was challenging times. They weren't, um, it wasn't ready for prime time. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, you realized that in this market, and I think it's somewhere between six to 700 drivers, you know, deliver newspapers for the globe. And the other, the other company was still delivering for the New York Times and other newspapers. There aren't enough drivers in the market to stand up someone new. And we made a decision within like five days to go back to the original vendor. Um, but it was, it was, it was, and then it was, it was, it was snow in there and it was, it was, it was painful. So, but it taught us, I think, a really important lesson about, about the relationship that we have with our print readers. And it was, it was kind of, it, it, after the recovery, it was really affirming that we're going to be printing for a long time uh, because there's no substitute for it. Um, it, you, it just, it, it's amazing. It really is that, you know, I, I don't think we would, have, we would have known that before. Okay. And one last question and we'll open it up. Um, let's say the globe is around 10 years from now. Oh, come on, Dan. And is profitable. <laughs> something we're all hoping is the case. Sure. In what ways do you think it will be different from the globe that we read today? Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, I mean, if I had my dream, it would be all digital. Um, uh, it would be, uh, uh, you know, it, it would, and then all the resources, instead of going to production, all the, all, you know, all the resources would be concentrated in the newsroom. It would be a bigger newsroom. Uh, and it would be, um, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that would be, that would be my, my dream. You know, or maybe just a weekend edition, right? Uh, a big Sunday paper that people like to have the time to read on Sunday. Because, I mean, if you think about print, it's um, you add up the you add up the pages. It's about four hundred pages a week 
that the globe produces or print, 400 pages a week. Who has time to go through 400 pages of print? Uh, digital is it's, it's kind of gets it's natural editing and natural, you know, flow for you, know, you can search easily. You can do you can, you can it's it's much e easy to get through. So I think I think that's that would be kind of my dream. Um, okay. You know, 150,000 subscribers, paying two dollars a day would be my dream. And then I think if it's even 150 at a buck fifty a day, I think the globe has the option of whether or not whether or not it wants to print, um, and that would be that would be ideal. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the Social University. We are the Grad School for Life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. Check us out at ivy.com for life-changing advice and gatherings, and the foremost thought leaders shaping our world today. For more information about the Ivy community, and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us via membership at ivy.com. Dream big and stay inspired.